Hello, and welcome to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gregson. My mission is to find everyday people who are delightful. The people I interview have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. And I want to give them a platform to share their stories so that others can have hope in the midst of their struggles and see delight in a world that at times can seem gloomy. I will uncover the life experiences of the guests that I interview, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way, with the belief that to understand the light, one has to be acquainted with the dark. My guests will share their personal experiences on finding their way through dark and hopeless times and give us a glimpse into the powerful gifts they received in their darkest hours to rise up, take up hope, and view life through new, hope-filled eyes. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find the light which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Come Towards Delight, the podcast. My name is Mike Gregson. I'm your host, and I've got a good friend of mine with me tonight named Matt Coulom. Um, we went to high school together, and we've known each other at junior high, junior high, high school. We've known each other for a long time. Uh, we were uh, roommates down in Arizona for a while after both of us served LDS missions. And um, Matt is just a good friend of mine that I've always looked up to and just loved. Um, one of those guys that whenever I'm around him, um, I walk away feeling better about myself. True story. And, um, you know, I, I love sports. Many of you know that about me, but Matt was a guy that you played sports with and you're like, dude, this guy, this guy runs the 40 yard dash in like three steps. <laughs> the, the long stepper, right? You're making me feel like uncle Rico. Here. <laughs> <laughs> if I could only go back if yeah. coach would just put me in. No, but, but, um, Matt is just a genuine guy. If I've ever met one and, um, is a guy, as we talked before we started recording, um, one of the things that I, I have always appreciated about Matt and, and we kind of discussed this a little bit, but you're somebody who really tries to connect people heart to heart, soul to soul. And it, more than just a brief pass by like, Hey, how you doing? How's life? Great. You know, cool. What are you doing for work? Like that's, that's great and all, but like, it's different. And I've always felt that with you. Um, Matt's been through a lot of, of, of stuff. Uh, it started for Matt when he was younger and I'll let him get into that. But, um, a lot of it has to do with kidneys and kidney transplants or lack thereof. Right. And, um, some of the tough things that you went through with that. And, and I'm, I'm really excited to have you share uh, your story with the audience tonight or with today or whatever time of day it is that you're listening to this, but, um, it's a wonderful story and, um, talk about, man, talk about going through some hell, if you will, because of health. Um, and that's a, that's a scary thing when, when something is not in your control and, and you just kind of have to wait on that. So anyway, I'm grateful that Matt would drive all the way down from, from Davis County, which is up North Utah and, and uh, join me tonight. And, and for, first and foremost, you know, opening that door and seeing you, I'm just like, yeah, this is gonna be fun, man. Love Matt. And uh, grateful to have you here, my friend. Thank you, Mike. I, I feel the same way. It's, there's something about friends in from junior high and high school that it just, it just runs deep. And so I, I feel the same way. And let me just say what you've done with this podcast has been phenomenal. The people that have shared their stories, and I've had opportunities to listen to a good chunk of them have just, it's been super inspirational. So hopefully I can provide a little bit of inspiration tonight, but thank you for what you're doing because it's, it's very impressive. Thanks, Matt. I appreciate that. So yes, name is Matt Colum. I, I live up in Farmington. I have two um, twins, boy and girl twins, Jackson and Ava, who are nine years old. And then I have a five-year-old little boy named Noah. You started with twins, man. Yes. And that could be a whole story that, episode itself right there. That either means you're a really good man as a father <laughs> or your wife is amazing. Uh, well, it's my wife. Yeah. 100% my wife. But yeah. <laughs> Kylie I, is pretty awesome. She was awesome. And that, that's a story of how they got here and doing in vitro and, yeah. and all related to my health. Yeah. So I'll, I'll start right in. Um, 
you know, health has been just a part of my life. Um, the first 12 years of my life were great. I didn't have any issues. And then I went in for a Boy Scout physical and <laughs> met with a doctor and um, did, did, had to do the pee in the cup thing. And a week later, I walk into my home and I see my parents both on the couch just in tears. And they said, Matt, you need to sit down. You have a failing kidney. You got failing kidneys, I should say. And you're going to need a kidney transplant. And I didn't even know what that meant at the time. I didn't, kidney, kidney transplant. I'm 12 years old. Holy I just cow. want to go out and play baseball with my friends, right? Yeah. So can I, can I go have a sleepover now? Is <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Okay, cool. We'll have a transplant. That's great. Yeah, and I'll go play again. Yeah, and it was very, yeah, made, very real. And um, they, they thought that I could make it a few more years without having a transplant. Yeah. But, but luckily, I went in and did that Boy Scout physical because I could have gotten. I was, gonna, I was just going to ask you, do you blame the Boy Scouts? But no, that's yeah, actually. No. <laughs> I, I didn't get my eagle because of it. Yeah. Correction, I did. But, okay, there you go. Yeah. Hey, that's important. It is important. Yeah, yeah get your eagle scout. <laughs> Um, but it, it was, that was very, very hard, um, to, to start, you know, dealing with that at 12 years Sixth old. Sixth grade about? It was, yeah, fifth grade, fifth yeah, grade okay. in Morningside Elementary. And they had to take me out of school. And the, the, the great thing about the first transplant was it was actually pretty smooth. My dad was a match, um, and, and which is pretty rare because he was, he had to have O positive or O negative blood. He had it. They ran all the tests and said, great, you're a match. Let's do this. We don't have to go on dialysis. And his, his only big hurdle was that he had to lose some weight. And uh, is from, a, from a kid's point of view, and I still remember this, I remember just how focused he was on losing this weight for me. That's so that he so could cool. donate his organ. Oh, that's so cool. It was really, really humbling. And um, I, I was, you know, now I'm honored to be carrying his kidney yeah. around because of what he represents. So, wow. thank you, Dad. Yeah, no doubt. And, and remind me your dad's name. Mike. I've met Mike a couple times and your mom as well and incredible people, but... Yeah, that's amazing. So, so when he found out, and, and obviously he went and got tested right there, made sure he was a match, right. and you just saw this transition for him, like laser focused to get yes. get my son taken taken care of him better. Yeah, I mean, it, you know, when we all try to lose weight for whatever reason, you know, and it doesn't happen. I yeah. mean, that was not the case. Like he, he was, was losing it. Yeah, he it just showed the love that a parent, whatever they'll do anything for a child. Man, and and, and what he, a legacy. He, yes, right. Like holy cow. Yes, and it just I, I I've just always been so impressed by his willingness to save my life. Life, literally and once I had that transplant I, I was honestly in cruise control you have to take these anti-rejection drugs uh, which make your immune system weak and so my biggest thing for the next 26 years was just trying to stay healthy so it's a daily thing daily thing you take anti-rejection every day morning and night okay and I, I, I can't think of a time when I didn't take medication yeah to, to help because your body is trying to kill that foreign yeah. object in your body and so you're taking these pills or saying no it's okay to have this foreign object in here man but because you take these pills, it also kills your immune system. So last you get sick. Yes, and so that that is that's my life story. I mean, someone sneezes, and you know, <laughs> I end up getting the flu. Right? It's and and honestly, I would say for the first fifteen years after my transplant, I didn't worry too much about my health. I, yeah. mean, I was able to get through the rest of junior high and high school. I was able to serve a mission, which was was great. I knew I'd be stateside, but um, I was at least I was able to go out and serve a, serve a full time mission. And then I came back, I met my wife, and things, things were great. Um, and leading up to this second transplant, which I'll talk about, it, it, about five years before the second transplant, I could tell that my health was really starting to struggle. Um, I would end up getting pneumonia at least once or twice a year. Mm. And I'd end up in the hospital for whatever reason, and, or I, I had like water on the lungs, and they'd have to put a tube and drain oh. my lungs and just random things. But I, I could almost count on, if I got through a year and I wasn't in the hospital, I, I, something would be wrong. Yeah. I, you know. 
So finally on this is like, tell me again, like, so you, you come home from your mission and it starts, you like really notice that there's a, a difference in, in your kidney. Something's going on. It, I would say after I got married, I, so I, up, up till I was probably 25, 26. Okay. okay. Yeah, so I, I got, I got married. Um, and then I could just tell that my, my health was starting to struggle a little bit more than it had. Sure. Um, and so again, leading up, I, I just had annual hospital visits and dealing with that and dealing with doctors and, you know, adjusting medications um, finally on April 16th, my actual birthday, I, I looked down at my feet and I, I could see my feet were just huge, just full of, you know, how you, you know, you touch your ankle and it was just big indent. And I, I remember thinking, no, Matt, I don't know that. <laughs> yeah, all right. you, you know, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was the craziest thing. And I, I, I just had this like light pop in and I told my wife, I said, I think I'm losing my first kidney. No. And, and the fact that I had it for 26 years is, is a small miracle because yeah. you're, you know, an average kidney, if you can get 10, 10, 15 years, it's actually pretty good out of yeah. a kidney, depending on other health aspects and things like that. But if you can get, you know, 10, 10, 15 years, you're, you're doing pretty good. So 26 years was, was phenomenal. Yeah. And so when they told me that I needed this uh, second transplant or knew, I knew I need, would need a new transplant, I said, okay, I've got my sister. She's, she's sitting and waiting. She's got O positive blood. So she would be a match. So the blood's there. The blood's there. I, I felt great about it. So I go in and talk to the transplant team over at IHC and they're going through everything and okay, yeah, let's, we could probably do a transplant in about three months. We should be good. And they said, oh, no, wait a second. You, you've had skin cancer. I'm oh. like, oh yeah, I'm a melanoma, but don't worry. It was, it was taken out. Like I'm, I'm totally fine. And they said, no, there's a, there's actually a mandatory five-year waiting period. Oh my gosh. If you've got, if you've got melanoma. And you had no indication of this before. No, had oh. no idea. I, I literally thought, well, this is going to be an easy transition. Yeah. This is going to be like I was 12 years ago. Yeah. You know, I'll find yeah. my donor, my sister, and I'll, I'll be on with this my life. Great. And that about killed me. And so because of that, they said, well, you need to go on, on emergency dialysis. And there's, there's a dialysis called peritoneal dialysis. And that's where they take a tube and they, they stick it in your belly. And at night that, so it's their permanent. You can't swim or anything like that. I mean, you literally have a tube and it's just, you know, it's under your shirt during the day. No one can see it, but it's super awkward. It's un, it's uncovered. It's yeah, it's uncovered. So you've got, a, <laughs> you, I mean, it's like a three foot tube yeah. and it's just sitting yeah in your belly and it just, you kind of just kind of tape it up and carry you're, on with your daily you're life. Like a, you're like a Pez dispenser. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. So <laughs> what in the world? Yeah. It, I thought the same thing. Trust me. I'm like, yeah. oh, I, I get it too. So you didn't, you didn't have to get this the first time. No, uh, the first time, like I said, it was kind of quick great. transition. Yes. Right? Yeah. I had a donor. My dad was ready. Let's do a transplant. Let's not worry about dialysis. So I do this hemo or sorry, excuse me. I do peritoneal dialysis. And, and at night, what it does is you hook your, this little tube up to a machine and the machine puts like fluid into your belly and it kills all the toxins and everything uh, inside stuff that your, your kidney can't do does for it, you. Does it pull it back out too? And then it pulls it out because I got you. Not, my kidney can't create urine or anything like that. So this machine does the same thing. So it's cleaning, cleaning all the toxins and everything. Not, I'm making this sound super simple. There's a lot more that goes on than that, but basically <laughs> it cleans all the toxins, takes it out and it, and it takes all the liquid off my body. So I don't have those big, you know, on my, on my ankles, yeah. I don't have any of that kind of stuff. No more, around. no more pushing. And yes. yeah, I got you. Yeah. So thank, thank you, doctor. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure some doctor will be listening to this. Like, he is so off. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna, hey, I'm gonna put Matt's email address at the end of this. So, so doctors, if you feel like you need to send a message, be like, hey, just to clarify, yeah, oh, don't I, do that. Yeah, this, this is what, they, and maybe they just tell me in the simplest terms. So I don't. I'm like, okay, that makes sense. Well, so, you know how it is when we try and teach our kids about like a, a, a church principle, right? Like oh. faith. Let's talk about faith. You say it, and then you're like, oh, I'm like, I need to like dumb it down ten times, right. and, you, and you try, and then finally the, their eyes look up at you like, oh, I'm getting it, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm talking yeah. about right now, yeah. right? Okay. The kiss principle, right? Yes. Keep it simple, stupid. Yeah. That's that's my entire life story right there. I Just keep it. it simple. I love it. So um, 
I, I found out after a few months of doing this peritoneal dialysis that it actually wasn't working as good as they wanted it to. And which was, which was hard because my only other option was, it's called hemodialysis. And if you can avoid it, if there's anyone that you ever needs to. it, you want to avoid it. Uh, but they, I was, I, I was finding that I was retaining more water, you know, or more liquid in my body. And so they, they said, you know, we're going to have to do um, another surgery mm. and we're going to tie an artery and a vein in your arm and we're going to create a port. And so what, you know, the, this nurse comes in and they put this big needle in and they, and basically it just cleans your blood. So your blood goes into this machine. So this machine is now my kidney. Sure cleans all my blood, um, spits it back into my body and is doing exactly what my kidney would be doing. It's also taking the liquid off. So I'd go in like to the dialysis and I would be five pounds heavier and I'd be down with dialysis and I'd be down five, six pounds. No kidding. So, so, so were you, was this every single day? It's, it's three times a week. So if, if you're going into a clinic, it's three times a week for four hours a pop. Holy cow. And at that, that was really How are you able hard. to like work? And you've got and, kid, all yes, your kids at this point, yes. right? And, and, and the hard part, um, and I guess silver lining on this is they, they actually have taught they taught my wife how to do it at home hemo okay but it's super stressful so i go down and she she actually puts the needle in she actually takes my blood pressures everything Dude. during during this four hour time period and it's yeah so bless you kylie yeah, right now say, holy cow she she was a hero honestly that was the perfect word for her during all of that because i i mean i just sit there and you know i'll fall asleep and i mean maybe i just felt i feel sick after or whatever but she, she's the one that has to monitor and make sure i stay alive during the whole thing tell me this real quick if you're going to, you were going to a clinic for a while, right? And is it like a big open room? Are there other people on dialysis in there yes. with you? In fact, if, if you've ever had a chance or ever get a chance, go into a dialysis clinic. I mean, you've got, you walk in and there's 40 chairs there and you go and sit in your chair and there's a TV up on the wall and they hook you up and then you get, you get your blanket, you bring your own blanket and you just sit there for four hours. Cause you're cold with a yeah. needle in your arm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. So luckily I could do, I could do some work and things like that, you know, at the beginning, but it's, it is a depressing were you, were you ever given numbers of like at any given time in the state of Utah or like, or just whatever, like, do you have a guesstimate as far as like, cause, cause here's my thoughts. Like, I'm curious how many people that we don't even realize are going through dialysis at any given time and they're still trying to work a job and provide some kind of income or, or whatever for their families or for themselves. Like what, what are your thoughts on that? Well, in, in Utah, if you don't have a living donor, if you don't have a you know brother, sister, friend, uncle, aunt, whoever, you have to wait for a deceased donor. And so in general, Utah is like, I believe it's a five to seven year waiting mm. period. Um, I, I had the opportunity to get to know another guy in dialysis um, and he, he didn't have anyone to know, donate to him. And one day I walked in, he had this big smile on his face. He said, guess what? I've got a donor. And it was a good Samaritan donor, someone that just decided to donate their kidney. So my plug, if you've ever considered organ donation, I mean, it literally changes people's lives. And this guy was a young guy. Young guy. He was, he was 20 years old. And he, he told me, he's like, yeah, after, after I do dialysis, I have to go in. And I worked, he worked like in an auto mechanic shop or whatever. But my heart just broke for him. And he was planning on just waiting that five to seven year Man. period or waiting for someone literally to, to pass away with his type of blood exactly. and that perfect match yeah. and it's 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 really hard so i i'm grateful that i was able to transition from the clinic to the at-home hemo yeah but but even then it was difficult so i'm on hemodialysis and i'm sitting here thinking i don't want to wait five years you know i'm already i've already been doing this for at least a year mm. year and a half at this point and so i said i, I need to go get a second opinion um, IHC, they were the ones that said, you need to wait this mandatory five year. So I got decided to go up to the university of Utah and went up there and I got a letter from a dermatologist about this whole melanoma and it wasn't as bad as caught know, it early. Kind of yeah, thing. exactly. Caught yeah. It very early, no radiation or that kind of stuff. Good. In fact, they were really surprised that I had to wait this. He's like, yeah. this was not a big deal. Yeah. So I go explain the story. How old were you when you had cancer? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Um, 
that was probably 10 years prior okay. to before all this. Okay. And again, that was like such a left field. I, 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 you know, I thought I'd say, oh yeah, I had melanoma. Okay, great. Let's move on. Yeah. But that apparently was a massive trigger. Interesting. So, yeah. So we go up to the University of Utah I meet with their team. And, 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 and again, when you're trying to get the second opinion, it's an appointment after an appointment. And I mean, you, you think, oh, you go do this, get second opinion. You find out, I mean, this is like a month of mm. several appointments. But they came back to me and said, we've met with our team. We've discussed your case. And yes, we will do a transplant. And so I am on cloud yes. nine, right? I it's said, this, this is great. I can be done with this dialysis. The U is better than BYU. Uh, we're just, <laughs> wait a yeah, second. Right, right, yeah. Yeah, something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, University of Utah is the best. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, fan for life. Yeah. So they start talking about like, okay, how we're going to pay for it. And um, my insurance is only accepted at IHC through yeah. my employer. And so they said, well, if you've got half a million dollars, then we can do it here. Or you can wait till Medicare because I, I'm, I, because I'm a transplant patient, I, I have access to Medicare. Or you, need, you can wait till Medicare is your primary um, insurance, but that'll be another three years. Mm. So I'm in the same boat and, and just down. And I mean, I, I, I still remember just the tears flowing. Like you, you, you just, it's this up and down roller coaster. So Man. back to dialysis, and it, it, it's just so, so frustrating. And my family, I mean, yeah, my parents and my brothers and sister, I mean, they're all in it. And, you know, I'm, I'm just filling them in along the way. And it, it's, it's like, we're all up, we're all down. Man. So I'm back on dialysis. I, I just figured I'd wait the five years. And during dialysis, I, there was an issue with my gallbladder, of course, right? So <laughs> Dang, gallbladder. Like, so like it, you don't do anything our whole lives until you know, like... I don't like gallbladder. <laughs> what is a gallbladder? Where, where is that? <laughs> what does that thing do? It so, never shows up until like the worst possible moments. Yes, right? yeah. yes. Hey, thanks so much. So I go in and I go at IHC because that's where my insurance is accepted. And I run into this this doctor, this Dr. Gagna. Shout out Dr. Gagna. Yes. And he's, he's kind of reviewing my stuff and looking at gallbladder issues, but at the same time, like, Hey, what's, what's going on with your kidney? And I come to find out this is, he's a surgeon on the transplant team. Oh, no kidding. And my wife is like, well, tell me your story. And my wife, she just took over. Good for her. She just took over and just said, this is what we're dealing with. I, we have tried so hard to get this new kidney forum. We've got letters from dermatologists. We've done everything in our part, but no one seems to listen on the IHC side. We're talking about life here. Yes. And, and honestly, you've got three little kids at home Dude. and I want to be a dad again. And yeah. I, I mean, you're, you're on dialysis. Your body is, it's on survival. Yeah. It, you, you don't have a life. It, you're, and, and again, you just, you do the best to live your life, but yeah. it is not a way to live a life. Yeah. So this Dr. Gagna says, you know what? I'm going to go back to my team. We'll talk again. And I had zero expectations at this point. I'm going to pause you for two seconds. Are you at this point feeling bad for Kylie at all? Like, did that ever cross your mind where you're oh. like, I am so sorry. Like, right. Yes. Oh, I mean, I, I, I get emotional because yes, I know what I was putting her through. Like it was, and so it, that for me, was almost harder to, to see what she was going through and she was a champ. I mean, uh, there was zero complaining from her. Well, and, and the th so I know Kylie well enough to know that like there is genuine love there and she loves you and there, there's no doubt, but like, I can't imagine knowing the kind of guy you are, and everything you're going through this time, just not feeling like you're putting all these people you love, it's such a, like a burden for them. Yes. And my, my parents, I mean, my, my mom, she stresses and she, she just wants everything to go well with kids. And so I know this was a huge stressful time for them. My, again, my brothers, my sister, everyone, relatives, like they were all rooting for me. And here I, I just, I just couldn't do anything. I'm sorry, man. That's hard. It was tough. It, oh, was, it was tough. And again, I don't want to pity, pity party no, here. No, but, 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 it, but it the was, reality yes, of it is, right? Like, yes. and, and how many people that are in your shoes going through dialysis and, and other things too, right? Like cancer, you know, when just, those are real, very real things. And, and I, I think besides just the disease or the problem that we're having in our bodies, Sometimes we need to be aware of people that are in those moments because their, their self-esteem just, yes. it, it tanks because they're, they love 
the people around them in their lives. And, and all of a sudden when you be, become a burden to somebody else, or you think you do, right. then your self-esteem plummets and, and you just feel like you're in, in the way of them having such a happy, and, and I'm sorry that you went through that. Yeah, man. No, I know. Thank you. And I, it, you know, I never wanted to be the guy that, um, was always, you know, telling the negative problems of my life. Yeah. I, I, I really was trying to just to have an, a positive attitude. I did not want to go to family parties and say, well, this is why this is so hard. I, I just wanted to be me. And, and so I, I honestly tried to make a conscious choice That's to awesome. just be happy and be me. And, uh, you know, you always know those people that, you know, that come up and they tell you, well, this is what's wrong with my life. And this is why I hate work. And this is why I'm like, I don't want to be that guy, yeah. you know, and, and I'll touch on this more later, but just, just the, the freedom of choice, the yeah. free agency. And I, I've really, really tried to focus on just choosing to be happy and optimistic and that's awesome during all of this, which, which at times is extremely oh, hard. Yeah, I can't imagine. So going back, Dr. Gagna, um, like two weeks later, he calls me and said, guess what? You have been approved for a transplant. Your insurance is covered. Let's awesome. do it. And I'm, I, so I, again, cloud nine, let's do it. Yeah. So it's I, going right. Yeah, everything's everything's going right. I'm like, I am like, this is fine. I think this is going to happen. Yeah. And I said, okay, well, my sister's in waiting. She's got the same blood as me. I'm like, I called her up. I said, Jenny, go get tested. You're in. Same blood. Same blood. Family. Family. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're yeah. Good it's, here. it's guaranteed, it's, right? Guaranteed. And I remember I'm sitting at dinner and I get this call from my sister and she just, I just remember she kind of broke down in tears mm. like, Matt, I'm not a match. And I, I just, I was speechless. In fact, I had to leave dinner. I was so depressed. And I'm like, well, who's going to give me a kidney? Like, how am I going to find, who, who wants to give me their kidney? Like, yes, it's, it's easy and it's, you, know, you can live with one kidney. And, but who in this world would want to donate a kidney to me? And that just about killed me. So mm. again, back to dialysis. And yeah, I, I can't do anything until I find a donor. And so I remember um, just pulling out my phone and going through my contacts and, and, and just texting all of my friends like high school mike you were probably on that list and just old old mission buddies old friends from wherever just you know everybody. just everyone and i just on their text i said listen i am throwing a hail mary out here i don't know if you've ever considered donating kidney but if you have o positive or o negative blood please consider donating to yeah. me and and then i gave them the website where they need to go if they have o positive or o negative blood and i just left it at that and then about three three or four days later i get this call from ihc and the nurse <laughs> gets on the phone and she said, Matt, you have a lot of people that love you. And I had like a list of 20 plus people that wanted to donate their kidney to me. And it was so humbling, you know, and, and again, the silver lining of all of this, I'm sitting there thinking, I have the best friends and family in the world. And I still, to this day, believe that I am so grateful for all the people that stepped up. I mean, people on Facebook and social media and everybody said, hey, I, I'll do it. What do I need to do? I mean, it was such a humbling experience and so again shout out to all of those that took the time to try and be a kidney donor so you don't forget uh, those names do you no i don't i yeah in fact every thanksgiving i send a few texts out to people that that tried to tried to be a donor so they start going through the list and they're super picky i mean they if you've got high blood pressure you're out if you've got if you're a little overweight you're out if you've got i mean there there's so many factors that go into being a donor i mean they are so precise and it's just a very long and drawn out process. And so I'm, I start crossing people off the list one after another. I'm like, oh, sorry, I can't do it. In fact, a couple of guys found out they were, had some kidney issues because of trying to get no tested. No kidding. All oh, my kidney function's not good enough. I'm like, well, great. You know, so it, well, you're welcome. Yeah. We're helping you bring <laughs> yeah, yeah, awareness right. to your life. Oh, yeah, it was, it, was, it was really, really difficult. So we're, I, I honestly, I'm down to like my last like two people on the list, uh, one of them being my wife. And um, Kylie's O positive too, huh? Yeah, she was. No kidding. And, and we thought, God, do we want to have two of us down yeah. and yeah and so uh i found out this this guy in my ward um 
and, and again, we're, we're friends, but we weren't super close. I knew their family because I taught their son and uh, my young man's, I was a young man teacher. And he called me up and said, listen, my son, who's in your young man's, he's seen what you're going through. He sounds like you have a great relationship with him. He wants to donate your kidney. He wants to donate his kidney to you. And I sat there like, really? And I'm like, can he even do that? And he said, well, no, he can't do that, but I have O positive, no negative blood. Do you, you know, I, I, can, I can get on the list. And he was so cool about it. I mean, he was 100% in. And, okay. and this is, like I said at the time, I mean, now we're like so close. I mean, we're wearing his kidney now. Yeah. But like... <laughs> You're wearing... But, I like yeah, it. But now, I mean, he, he just he just stepped up to the plate. And his, his wife was on board. And so cool. And just so cool. So, yeah, I finally got to that point um, where he was able to donate his kidney. The transplant was on July 31st, 2019. In fact, crazy story. This, and this is the strength of Adam that gave me his, his kidney. I, I was coming in from surgery with his kidney and just coming out of like anesthesia. And I look up and he's walking down the hall. No kidding. I'm like, Adam, like, you know, I'm like, is this a dream? Is this a weird dream? And he's walking out. So he, his recovery was awesome. He's like, he's, I'm good. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he I think he was out like two days later. Was he was, I mean, he was, he What's was it? do you mind saying Adam's last name? Is Adam Greenway. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Adam Greenway. Adam, way to go. Yeah, man. So thank you, Adam. And so, so one thing I kind of, you know, you, you try to take, what did I learn from all of this? And I, for me, and I, I kind of go back to a story, um, and, and I, I guess if I want to try and kind of push my message, I guess my, my message would be, um, I, you know, a few years ago, when I, well, I should say a few years ago, but when I was in high school, I had, um, uh, I went on a trip with my grandma, and I was 16 years old. And we were down, in, we were in Seattle, and we were walking around Pike Space. Your poor grandma. I know. Uh, yeah, a 16-year-old boy and his grandma. And I was, yeah, yeah. That 16-year-old boy the whole time was like, oh, man, like I'm with my grandma. Oh, and I was. I was way too cool to be there. Like yeah. I think I probably had a girlfriend back waiting for me, and yeah. I just wanted to get her a gift. And, yeah. and, and, I, and my, my grandma could sense it. She, yeah. she, she could just tell that I was being a turd. Like, just, <laughs> just not happy. So she takes me, and we're in, we're in like the coolest place in Seattle. You know, Pike Place, oh, throwing fish so around. Cool. And, you know, it was really cool. So, so cool. We get, we, she goes, I want to get you something, Matt. I'm like, well, it's about time. <laughs> so, <laughs> we walk around all day. <laughs> so she comes and she, she picks up this little rock and she gives me this rock and it says attitude on it. And she said, Matt, you have a choice every day on whether you, how you're going to embrace that day with, with your attitude. He's like, right now I need you to change your attitude and, 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 and just please choose to be happy with me. And for some reason, that story, that rock, which I still have to this day has, it's just stuck with me. And, and during all of this, this horrible things I was going through and I was, I was in the dumps and, but I, I was always, I, you know, I, I wanted to face it with, you know, glass half full, you know, versus half empty. Yeah. And it, it was just, it, it was so hard to do at times, but, but you know, the fact that we, you know, you know, God has sent us down here with this crazy ability to choose. I mean, he's not making us do anything, but we have this opportunity to choose. Like, why not? Why not choose? to be happy. And, and I know that's sometimes much easier said than done. There's a quote from um, Charles Swindle, if you've heard of him, but he said, he said, I'm convinced that life is 10% what happens to me and 90% how I react. And it, for me, that is just what to live by. No matter what happens, like whether you have to face a transplant or whether it's a drug addiction or whether it's divorce or whatever it be, like we still have the opportunity to choose how we'll react to that situation. And, and that truly held me through this, that entire process. And, and not only that, I mean, like I said, I go back to friends and the support, but I, I, I just, at the end of the day, was trying to, to choose to, to accept it and make the most of it. Yeah. So that's man, what a, what a powerful, powerful lesson there. Right. Um, just that ability to look at the opportunity that you have, there's uncontrollables in our lives that happen all the time. Right. Right. Unfortunately. 
Uh, but sometimes, fortunately, those things end up being some of our biggest blessings in, in come as disguises of darkness and, and despair, right? right? And they turn around and, and they give us opportunity to um, learn those lessons we need to like the ability to choose and how easy it is for us to give up our power of choice by choosing to give it away and saying, oh, I'm not going to take, gosh, woe is me and this is hard. And, it, and I don't blame anyone ever for that because in the moment, it's hard. It gets it really hard sometimes. But but Matt, you, uh, I remember, so we were roommates in 2000, gosh, I think it was five when we first started roommating down in Arizona. And about the time I was transitioning out of living there, you started to get sick and you were in the hospital for quite a while. And that was kind of the start of the yep. failure of that first kidney. Right. Right. And I remember I had a conversation with, I think, I think it was your mom and, um, just talking to her about you and, and, uh, you, you, you have such a loving support system. You know, I know you're, your, your brother Jason, his wife Lisa, and how amazing they are. They were in my ward. And it just your parents in general and your family, the amazing loving support system you have. But I, I have to, before I ask you some more questions, I have to say something that really stood out to me. When you were in that moment of like fight or flight, right? right? And I've, I've mentioned this on a couple other podcasts in the past, but there's, there's a difference between despair and desperation. And, and you were hopeless. Like you, you got to the point where you actually got hopeless and you, st and, and I know as we talked before where you kind of started to say like, why? Yes. Like, what the oh, heck? Absolutely. Right. The whys were coming. I'm sure the pressure you were feeling of like making sure that your family was okay. Um, that's tough. But instead of going into despair mode and, and doing the, what was me and, and being angry and getting bitter, <clears throat> which can happen. It's happened to me before. Um, not as not as in a case as extreme as yours this is this is like life or death here right and um you instead of going in despair you send a very vulnerable text yes <laughs> hey I, guys throwing up a helmet yes right I, like I, I was embarrassed to send it i remember but I, I, I remember getting that text and i remember wanting so bad to do something for you and i know that you like you said you had about 20 people on that list I remember finding out I wasn't the right blood type and I'm sure there were plenty like me that didn't even like figured out pretty quickly that we couldn't be. But what's amazing about that, Matt, to me is if we do get vulnerable, if we get desperate and that and desperation sometimes mean we have to, we have to get super vulnerable and it hurts and it's ugly and it's not, it's always messy Right. when we're in desperate mode. It's when, it's like when I, when we used to date girls when we were in junior high, right? Oh, that, yes. yeah, you remember, remember, I know this well. You remember my Greg's and his story is great, right? Like <laughs> desperate, desperate Mike over no, there. There, there. There he goes again. It's, it, <laughs> And it's ugly and it's gross and it's nasty, but that's, that's what we do in desperation mode. Right. Yes. I mean, that's, but the beauty of it is, is that's, that's something that can be worked with right. as soon as you sent that text out because of who you are, Matt, because of the way you've lived your life, because of the way you've lifted and strengthened people around you throughout your life. And that is a true story. Um, I remember times in Churchill gym at Churchill junior high and just, feeling like, man, Matt is like the happiest guy in the world. And I know he wants to play sports. He can't play sports right now because of the kidney. And I just remember feeling like he's such a happy guy, like he's the nicest guy. And I always felt better about myself, even at that young age. And I'm sure when you Thank went home, you. you were a completely rude kid to your parents that's how teenagers are but man right. at school like you lifted me up oh well thank you that's and there are many of my friends our friends that would say the same exact thing but when you got in that desperate mode and you threw that out there god can work with that yes he can work with that ability to choose you made a choice you're trying that's all he needs and your friends because of the life you've lived your team started to rally around you right oh absolutely the, the, the support system again i I look down at this life I've lived so far, 40 years on this earth, and I keep thinking, 
how am I so lucky to have so many incredible people around me, uh, people that are willing to, to do just about anything, including to donating an organ. Um, and, and I guess that was always the silver lining. During some of my hardest moments, I, 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 was, I, I would think to myself, man, I have got a family that loves me. I have a wife that has supported me and been with me. I have kids that love me. I've, got, I've been able to maintain a full-time job during all of this. Like, I, those were those, those moments where I'm like, you know what, life is not that bad. It's, I, I, I can do this. There was just those, just, I guess, tender mercies where I, I really realized like, yes, I'm struggling. I'm, my body is in survival mode, but, but man, how grateful I am for the people around me and to have just, just that, that support. Again, I, I will go to my grave at just thankful and grateful for the people that are willing, that willing to step up and, and, and be willing to donate an organ. I mean, how just humbling is that? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think, <clears throat> amen to that. And I think the thing is about you though, Matt, is you wouldn't hesitate to do the same for somebody else that, that you loved as well. Oh, absolutely. Right. And then what goes around comes around. Right. Um, do you, do you mind if we, I, I think that is very noble of a company because they obviously had to work with you, right? Yes. There was time off they had to take for yes. dialysis. Do you mind if we mention their name? Is that okay? Yeah, no, I okay, gladly the Boyer company. Um, yeah. And I, I, I manage uh, commercial properties for, for them and they have just been amazing. That's I mean, great. they yeah, great, great company. I mean, they were with me the entire way at times I feel like, you know, I think, oh, they shouldn't be that. Like, I'm so, you know, they're, you know, like. <laughs> How have they not dropped it yet, right? Yeah, but they, they are phenomenal, phenomenal. They're just an excellent family, and I to, I will forever be grateful. For oh, that's them, amazing. So. It's, is, that a, is that like a family company here yes, in Utah? Okay. Yeah, yeah, the Boyer, the Boyers. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so okay. if, you know, they, I think they went to East. Okay. Anyway, so they're, they're pretty well known throughout the you know, Salt Lake community. But well, I hope. Great, I, great family. If you're listening, you know the Boyers. Make sure you, you, you give yes. them a good handshake and, and say thanks yes. on behalf of Matt. And, and Matt's good friend, Mike. How about that? Yeah. Could do that. Um so, so take me back to, take me back to hopelessness. Um, like how, how, how dark did it get for you? There, there were times, and, and again, these were the, you know, when I said I tried to choose to, you know, there were definitely times where like that support system felt my darkness, yeah. you know, and mostly, most of that was my, my wife and, and my parents and they, they knew the struggles that I was going through and, and, and really my siblings as well. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I just wanted to give up. I, I just thought this, this is just going to be me. Like I, I, can't do it. And, and one, one thing my mom said, which I wouldn't have this Kenny, if it wasn't for saying it, she says, man, you've got to be your own advocate. You've got to keep pushing, you know, like find, find that little, you know, find that warrior within you and just go like, make it happen, whatever you need to do. And that, that really helped me. And, and not only that, I mean, my wife, you know, with that, that same, same, you know, breath, like she, she, she was too, she always just pushed me to, but there was times where I'm like, you know what, I, who cares? I'm just going to deal with this. And <sighs> I, I don't even, yeah, I just, I, I, it was super, and I, I don't, I've never felt like, you know, but it was closest where I felt like I was in a depression. I just, it was, it was really, really hard yeah. to, to live a life where I couldn't be as good of a father as I wanted to be, where I couldn't be as good of an employee as I wanted to be. I, I just, I couldn't be who I knew I was supposed to be. And that, yeah. that was really, really hard. Yeah, man. I, I think about Kylie a lot right now <clears throat> and the vows that you make when you get married. And, right. and we're not going to talk about the temple marriage stuff because that's, that's a whole new level, but like, even just, you know, just the vows you make when you get married, you know, sickness or health till death do you part, whatever. Um, and we know it's beyond that, but I mean, that's somebody who, who loves you is committed. Like, right. Like, oh. I mean, cause there are times when even you on your end, you're like, oh, you know, I just, I kind of want to give up. Like I'm putting such a burden on this person Yes. and she stood by you. And when that doctor said, Hey, so tell me, you know, tell me what's happening. She was like, yeah, I got she, this. Matt, said, keep your mouth shut. On. Yeah, game on. It was, and I, and I probably would have been like, "Well, this is what's going on." You know, it's okay <laughs> though. We're just we're trying. Yeah, I'm on You know, she just said, "No, no, no." Like yeah. she she took over that whole conversation, and 
she yeah i i she is it's it's pretty incredible when you find someone that has that kind of support for you because i mean she has seen me at my worst she, i mean my body with all the ups and downs and i mean i there was times i was like man i can't love me right now the way yeah. i look you know like yeah. she just she just yeah honestly i mean a hero i think is a phenomenal word i mean she 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 wore so many hats too. yeah you know she 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 had to be the mom during it all and while i was down and, should be your lawyer should yeah. be a doctor your nurse she, was. she did she had all these different hats she was wearing yeah. and again i just kylie i love you so kylie you're awesome i mean that to, like that's made the, the biggest impact on my life is something that you just said it's finding someone who loves you at your worst and my worst is a lot different than yours. It's more of me making awful decisions where yours is more health stuff, right? right? We all have our stuff. But when you find that in somebody, that ability to love unconditionally is it's, it's for who you are. Yes. Is powerful. I mean, that, that is the most empowering, enabling and ennobling. If that's, is that a word? I think. Well, it sounds like it good sounds one. good. <laughs> no, it's just, that's, that's powerful. So, um, but okay. I want to real quick transition. Um, let's talk about that power of choice um that i mean that comes through very clearly with this whole experience that you go through um what 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 did you learn kind of kind of re um rehash if you will give us like tell me again about that what you learned about the power of free agency and choice and then and then i want to ask you a question like what you would say to somebody who is in a position where they're facing something like you and and they want to start to go into that. And I don't want to say victim because in, in, a, in a real sense you are right. <laughs> like, it's not like right. you chose to have this. No. So you were right. Yes. But, but what, what would you say to somebody that's there in that moment where they've get, they can make this choice of like taking, like, like choosing to have the, the glass half full versus empty. If, if you know what I mean. Right. Right. No, it, and it, it's such a, it's such a simple concept, right. To, to have this, to, to, to make a choice to, to be happy and to just take it on. And, I, I, that, but for some reason, as hard as it was, like, I just, I just felt like my inner self just, you know, keep pushing. And I don't, not only that, I mean, my support system too. I mean, again, I, I credit my support system sure. wholeheartedly, but, but just to have that kind of inner voice that, and, 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 and even beyond that, you know, knowing that I have a heavenly father and Jesus, you know, though I know my situation. I mean, I don't know how many hours I spent on my knees. Like, why, why is this happening? And, uh, it, it that it was really hard because sometimes you, you felt alone. It's like I'm I'm doing I'm I'm doing everything I can. I'm I'm, I'm living my life the way. Yeah. Why why is this happening to me? And I just there was just experiences. You'd you have moments of just courage and strength to get through the next obstacle or whatever I might be there. It, 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 for for some odd reason, and again, you talk about tender mercies, but there'd always be. I'd be going down a bad path, but I'd have, I've had some sort of positive impact and whether it was a, a friend or someone or just to, to push me along and, and that really helped. And again, I, I, I know that heavenly, you know, heavenly father, Jesus, I, I don't, I just know that there was moments where they kind of helped push me through those difficult times. And it sounds weird, but I, I just, it was very, there were some very, very dark moments where I had just given up, but something, you know, your conscience, spirit, what, you know, it's something that just said, Hey, you, you got to keep moving. You, you got this. You, you, you got this. Hang in there. It'll so, come. Right. Cause you, you had, you re literally had a chance to get bitter and to shut that door and say, no, nah, like I'm angry. I'm, I'm bothered by this whole thing and, and kind of go into that darkness mode, if you will, that despair mode. So, so talk to me about somebody that's right there on the, on the verge of, you know, really either, getting angry and bitter or 
choosing to start to try and find that good, even though that may not look like there's much good in that thing they're going through. I mean, it, it sounds kind of cliche, but you know, you, you always just want to be a, just say, keep your head up. I mean, I think most of us that have gone through difficult challenges, you know, so many, a wide array of things. I mean, you know, eventually things, things do get better. And, and I, I would, again, I would always try to focus on the positive things, yeah. right? Like it's just like, I know, yes, I, I know my kidney's failing and I know my body is in survival mode, but man, there's some really cool things in my life right now that my children being one of them, yeah. I can still see them every day. And I think I, I always, I just try to cling onto the, the positive aspects in your life because there's so many good things. Yeah. But I think us as humans and I think we just try to find the negative and, you know, well, this is why this is, you know, I've got this going on. I've got that going on. and I, So just try to find ways to appreciate life because no matter what you're going through, there is some good out there, something that you can grasp onto and hold it and it'll get you through those hard times because it, it's, it's easy to go down that path. I mean, I was ready to give up, but at the end of the day, I just, I realized I've got really good things too. And yeah, I, I just, I just, and again, this freedom of choice, I just said, you know what, I'm going to choose to not talk about this stuff. You know, I'm going to leave it. I'm going to focus on this incredible family of mine and my incredible wife. And, and, you know, it, it just, just try to keep that on the forefront and push that other stuff in the back. And that should, should hopefully, you know, get me through what I'm dealing with. Yeah. Yeah. So. Good. I, you also had more fishing trips to take as well. Oh, yes. And, uh, yes. <laughs> many, many, many fish. Um, uh, Matt, thanks so much. It's been, been awesome and, and eye-opening and, and uh, what a great message um, to leave with us. I, I, I can't help but think about Jesus Christ as well. You know, I, I think about, we, we go through our hardest moments and, and think about his life and what he went through. Like a man of grief, a man of sorrows and, and just, like lived in the service of others, running to people that were desperate and in despair, hopeless. And think if he would have instead started to get bitter and angry. It's, it's an excellent point, Mike. Yeah. You look at his life and what he went through and the way that he endured it. And, and you think, well, yeah, he can do it. I can, you know, it's, I, I can't imagine I, I can't imagine, yeah, you know, the, the, the reverse story of that, right? And 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 it's true. I mean, and a lot of that is that faith to try and follow follow him and and, and just to have the faith that hey, I will come out of this. And honestly, going back, I mean, I, and people always say, Matt, if if you had to do it again, would you? And honestly, I I would because I, I I've been in like the depths of despair and I was on just support mode, but on the other side, life is so much sweeter. I mean. When you're talking about fishing, like I'm out fishing and I'm like, I'm not in dialysis room. I'm not sitting, like I'm doing what I love. It's, and it's raining so much and this better. is awesome. It's raining and I fell in today and <laughs> I've lost three fish. No, but it's, it's just, it really is. Life is so much better. In fact, a few Thanksgivings ago, my, my mom, um, you know, you go around and say what you're thankful for. And I remember saying I was grateful for my health and everyone kind of looked at me and this was right in the middle of it. But I, I again, and I think I, I don't have a terminal, you know, I'm not, I'm not dying. Like in a sense, you know, like I, I'll get through this, but I don't have terminal cancer. I mean, it, it, there's always like, it's the guy next to you that's probably in a much worse place than I am. And, so, and, and that, and that was also, you know, I'm like, I, I can do this. And there's a lot of people that are on literally on their deathbeds, yeah. with some terminal, whatever, and you know, or some accident or, and so life's not, and I was, I was grateful. I was grateful to be there at Thanksgiving and still be able to be with my family yeah. and to have, to have my health to be there that day. Yeah. So. And, and, and the legacy to leave for your kids to now hear their dad talking i'm sure they'll remember glimpses of this that's a pretty right. young age to remember the whole thing but they'll remember glimpses but to to hear their dad talking about going through all this stuff and how how that that ability to choose is everything and what you choose and your attitude 
And to think back and go, my dad went through all this and his, the, the thing that he kept talking about was attitude and, and the power of choice and making the right choice, how to see things. That's that, what an incredible legacy, my friend. Cause I mean, this world is, is tough It is, <laughs> and, and it's, it's going to give those kids all kind of runs for their money, but they're going to make it. And they're going to, they now have a legacy to live up to with their dad where it's like, Hey, look, my dad taught me, he, my dad went through so much hard stuff. Holy cow. And, and look what he did. Look what he, look at the, look at the choices he made that really blessed his life and your, and your wife as well. Right. I mean, my gosh. Right. No, and that's, that's what I would honestly, yeah, like to leave and, and is, is, you know what, every day we have this incredible gift of the present, you know, they call it the present yeah. because it is a gift, right? Yep. And, and we can choose to, whether it's a good present or a bad present, you know, but the way that we choose to embrace that day, I mean, it's, again, it sounds so simple and well, yeah, but, but if you really go into mindset, like, Hey, I'm going to live this day to the best and the fullest rather than all the wrong things, but focus on all the wonderful things that we have in our lives. We, we, it's a pretty great life. So as time moves on from our thing, cause I, I think what stands out to me when you just said that I agree with you a thousand percent, but as we move on in time, we forget, we, we, we have some experiences that, that, that maybe leave our skin a little thicker or whatever we, we forget or we, we transition or however you want to call it. What do you do? Is there anything in your life that you do each day to just help you remember, be grateful? Well, just that. Yeah. Be yeah. grateful. I mean, I, I think out of all of this is just gratitude. Yeah. And, and, you know, during this whole pandemic and they were talking about, you know, everyone was in this major depression and then the prophet came out and said, well, let's everyone talk about what we're grateful for. And you see this major change and you know what? Nightlife is pretty good when you think about all those things we're grateful for. I mean, that was, you know, it was inspired, so obviously. Cool. And that's, yeah, at the end of the day, it's like, man, I, I am so grateful for this incredible family, the incredible place we live, this, to have a job, all these other things. Yes, I'm dealing with some tough stuff. I, I still deal with health issues. I have to take this anti-rejection. You know, I'm, I'm going to get the flu. I'm going to end up in the hospital. But man, life is pretty dang good yeah. otherwise. Yeah, so. and, and you're, you're happy. Right. Matt, right? right, Like you come in to my home tonight and you, you walk up to my wife, you meet her for the first time and you just have a, a great conversation with her and you're happy and, and you bring the spirit around when you come. You're in a Thank you. And, um, so to all those who helped Matt along the way, just hats off to you, Kylie, my gosh, you, you're an incredible, incredible woman. And what a great legacy you've left for your children as well. It, do you, would you mind, this is, I've, I've got two more questions for you, if that's okay. Um, for a second, I, I kind of with Adam, the donor, Yes. I'm sure you've had these moments with him, but yes. like, is there anything you want to say to him? Oh, so, so yeah, now I'm becoming my father's son because I'm going to start crying here. <laughs> it's raining inside. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, but, um. Jeez. Thank you. I mean, he literally saved my life. And I, what do you do for someone that, that, that donates an organ? Like, what, what do you do? And I just, I hope he knows how incredibly grateful I am. I mean, it, life is just so much sweeter. And it, I just, he has been such an incredible, I mean, he, it, talk about, you know, he could have gone into this whole thing. Well, what if this happens? Or what if that happens? Or... Well, I'm a little nervous about that, but not one of those concerns did he have. I mean, he was in it to win it from the beginning. Yeah. And I, I just to have a donor that that's that positive, because, you know, here I am thinking, well, I'm taking one of your kidneys from you. Like, is that okay? Kind of apologizing. Yes, yeah. I, it, truly. Yeah. And I, I just, Adam Greenway, you you are an incredible man. And thank you. Thank you for, and, and, and also I credit his son, Nate. Oh, Nate, thank you for being willing to donate your kidney. Because, yeah, Adam told me that several times. He said, if it wasn't for Nate... I would not be here. Yeah. And so Nate, thank you for having the, just the intuition yeah. to, uh, cause here I am, I, I would not literally be alive. I, I might be alive, but on dialysis still, but yeah. I would not have the kind of life that I'm living right now if it wasn't for him. Man. So yeah. Holy cow. Nate, 
Incredible. And Adam, what a, what a, what a great thing to show your son. And then what a great thing to do for somebody else. And that legacy, holy cow. Right. I mean, I'm sitting here in my mind going, I probably got to go in and get checked to see if I can be a donor for someone. Like I, you know, it's, you it's know, a, it's a, it's a tough choice. I, those, those good Samaritan donors, I, I salute. I mean, that it's a, you know, you don't know who you're giving it to, you know, people knew, Oh, they'd be given to me, but to, to have just the ability to say, you know what, I'm just going to go help someone by donating an organ. I mean, it's, that's, that's pretty it's special, really special. You know, I, I got to say this on Adam, I hope you hear this and, and you get, you couldn't have given it to a better man because Matt is uh, as good as they come. He's helped me during some hard times and just a great friend, my gosh. And, uh, and, he, and I, I think you know that, but, but also, um, Adam hats off to you and, and God bless you, brother. Like you're, that's a amazing example. You and your son, that's a, thank you for, for doing that. And, and I'm, I'm glad that, uh, that was shared in the story. Um, last question for you, Matt. This is good. Yes. Put you through it on You're this. Me Let me get the spotlight on. <laughs> I feel like I feel like I'm nervous. Ready? I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm gonna try and get serious real quick. Uh, no, but I always end my podcast with what is the gift that the darkest moments of your life gave to you? Just and and I think I've kind of hit on this, but but uh, gratitude more than anything. Um, being just just grateful for for everything that I have. I mean, again, life. It's, it's this weirdest thing we, we call life and, you know, but I, I, it is just so wonderful now and it's, it's that much better. And for those that are out there that are struggling, just, just keep your head up. Think of those things and people in your life to, to keep you going and talk to them. And I, I, again, you'll get through it and you'll, you'll appreciate it. I, I think if you were to ask a lot of people whether or not they'd go back to certain things, I think a lot of people would. And because you've, you learned so much about who you are and, you're, you're, you know, you learn, yeah, really the, the good things about yourself and bad things about yourself, but it's part of this thing we call life, right? It's part of this path. And I, I'm, again, I'm grateful for it. And I, I would not be who I am if it wasn't for that. Awesome. So. Thank you so much. I, uh, I, I just got to say, you know, um, failures, mistakes become our greatest achievements most oftentimes. And the things we look back on and say, that's made me who I am. And I'm so much a better person because I went through that. Right. Absolutely. But to hear a guy say, I would go back and do it all again because of the way that I now view this world that has almost died multiple times. And because of kidney failures, that's a powerful thing. And you taught us a great lesson, Matt, about don't give up your free agency, hold on to it, own yourself, own your decisions and remind yourself that you've got the ability to choose in any moment, how you see things. And, um, if it is to be, it's up to me, right? Absolutely. God's given us that. So, Matt, you're awesome, man. Hey, thanks, Love Mike. You, Love you. Thank you for tuning in to Come Towards Delight, the podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed today's show. I would love to hear your feedback. You can subscribe to this podcast and leave a review on Apple Podcast or any podcast platform you use. If you or someone you know has a delightful story to share that I need to talk to, please email me at come towards delight at gmail.com.